Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Good morning, Dan. Well, good morning, my corpulent friends. I, I, I have to tell you, it's been a bad, bad week up here. The Bears are struggling to find answers, and unfortunately, it sounds like the same thing happened uh, over the course of this week in Vietnam. We, yes. uh we got to find a way to get uh, things turned around, and um, you guys have uh, have big trouble on the horizon. Obviously, LSU yep. Yep. has always been one of those teams that uh, can field a uh, potential nat- national championship type talent week after uh, week after week. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll get to the Bears in a little bit, but uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are are looming at. 3:35 on Sunday afternoon for the Bears. So this is, uh, hey, this is kind of like uh, you know crash week. For the, uh, for yeah. Well, two things, Dan. First of all, uh, Roger's actually going to go to the game in Kansas City. How so about he, that, He's going to get to see your Bears and Bears in, yeah. in, in person. Now, there was, before we get to the Razorbacks, there was, was a sort of, I guess it was a Wednesday, sort of a crazy day in Chicago where Justin Fields comes out and insinuates or basically says that he's been, he's given, been given too much information and the coaches aren't doing a good job with him. And then two hours later, he comes back and, and you know, sort of, you know, readjusts that, that statement. And then you have the defensive coordinator three weeks in the season resigned for personal reasons and sort of crazy day in Chicago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you want to talk about that, I, I got to tell you, I've been around the team now for over 40 years and they, it, it easily was one of the most bizarre days I've ever seen. You know, let, let's talk about the defensive coordinator real quick. Yeah. All right. When, when Matt Eberflus was hired to coach the Bears last year, he was the coordinator, defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. He had been the coach over there for four years, been in the top ten every year, and there was, you know, there was evidence that, you know, he was a very astute and and solid NFL coach, and everybody was. Then he hired uh, Alan Williams to be the defensive coordinator, and I, I get it. A lot of times, you know, they. When you're the head coach, you want to be more concerned with the total picture, not just one side of the ball. I, I got it. But you see a lot of coaches, when they first get in the league, you know, they, hey, they run the offense or they run the defense while they, you know, until they get kind of established. So that was kind of bizarre to me. Anyway, so the Bears have the worst defense in um, their 102-year history last year, and there was no reason to say, hey, this guy's doing a great job bringing back. But, you know, here here we go into the year 2023 with Alan Williams, and we open with just, uh, you know, a, a, a horrible, horrible effort and, and a bad game plan against the Green Bay Packers. So the next thing you know, we're getting ready to uh, go to Tampa Bay, and the word comes out that Alan Williams had to step away and for personal reasons, and he he's not going to make the trip. All that being said, you know, you've seen that on occasion. Somebody's had a death in the family. Well, on Monday, then it's, uh, the head coach refused to talk about the fact that Alan Williams did step away and had to take personal time over the weekend. And he said he had no update. And then the next thing you know, the media was pushing on him. And, he, and they, they, out of the blue, they issued a, uh, a 
uh, a uh, resignation from the defensive coordinator, who no one has yet seen. <laughs> so it, I, it, the whole thing was just bizarre, and and all that's playing behind the the fact that Justin Fields went to the media and did a mea culpa and said, "Yeah, I'm not playing good, but the coaches aren't coaching very good either." <laughs> yes, and I've never, you know, hey. I will tell you this: Justin Fields is, is a good kid with a, a lot of character. He's, you know, he's not one of those guys that's uh, always looking to put the blame on somebody else. <clears throat> All that being said, two hours later, he had to come back and basically, you know, uh, try to right the ship and say, "Look, I didn't mean to say the coaches aren't coaching good. I didn't mean to say they're doing this, they're doing that, they're putting me in the pocket, they're making me think about too many things. I'm becoming." Robotic, blah blah blah, and and how is this all going to shake out? Nobody knows, but I will tell you this: being around the NFL for a long time, you get a team that you know that that that's not playing well. They got issues, and uh, this becomes kind of like a flashpoint. And either the team gets a heck of a lot better, and people realize, hey, nobody's coming. There's no cavalry coming to save us. We got to, you know play harder, we got to play lower, be more, you know, disruptive, more violent, and, and do what we got to do to try to find a way to win games. Or they go the other way. We're going to find out Sunday. But in my mind, I didn't have a big problem with, with Justin saying what he said. I had a lot of issues with the uh, offensive coordinator. He called the same play in the same formation three plays in a row where the third play resulted in a big six middle screen that ended the game in Tampa. So these are things that these are facts. They're not rumors, and you know, Justin Fields is kind of in in in, a, in his own way trying to buck the system a little bit and say, wait, 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 wait. Somebody needs to you know put a little blame on on somebody else besides me. So let's see how it all shakes out. But all in all, I'm kind of excited about it. I'm I I I think they need to have a little bit of an insurrection at uh, at. Uh, in Fayetteville and, and kind of get the Razorbacks off of this, this this going through the motions kind of football team that I've watched now for three weeks. Uh, we're visiting with Dan Hampton, brought to you by Metro Towing and Central Arkansas uh, Central Termite and Pest Control. Yeah, Dan. So you had you had a, a, a few things that worked good for the Razorbacks last week, and then you had some bad things. Obviously, uh, you know you came out pretty quickly, which was a, you know had not been the, the case the first two games. You came out fast start, boom. You have a 55 yard run by AJ Green, uh, good blocking, good running, and then all of a sudden right after that you have an 88 yard punt return on special teams by Isaiah Satania. So you're thinking, okay, and then a BYU answer right back with 21 points and it goes back and forth and all of a sudden you get to that second half you go up by 10 uh, and you're thinking this thing's you know Arkansas's got it in control and all of a sudden you don't make the fourth down uh, and of course a lot of fans have complained about the shotgun and it's not just Arkansas a lot of fans ask why you know why run the shotgun when you can you just close to the line of scrimmage and just look KJ six three two fifty and you know of course the answer could be well because we're not used to doing that it, you could have a bad snap but once you once they they stop that fourth down it seemed the momentum sort of shifted and give BYU credit they come back and win thirty eight you know to thirty one and Ark Arkansas also had fourteen flags throughout the game some of those were not good calls but they did have a lot of penalties once again you know perseverance. It's an amazing quality. I don't know um, if you ever had that with your football teams, but you got to give BYU credit. Yep. Hey, they they took the first 
you know, blow and withstood the storm that came back, and then they took the second one and withstood the storm and came back. Did you believe that they could do that? No. I watched this BYU team last year out in what is the Provo, and, yep. and, and and they looked listless, and they did not seem to have that type of character. But this year, completely different, and you got to you know applaud that team. They came in and basically said, "Hey." We know it's not going to be easy, but we're going to stand in there. We're going to fight you all night. Unfortunately, the Hogs, we got sloppy. We got a little cavalier. And anytime, let's talk about the fourth and one. You know, part of the reason why the Bears season was was a car wreck early on was the very first series of the, the NFL season, we come out, we get the third and one, and instead of going conventional, offense with a quarterback under center and running a quarterback sneak. We motion our tight end in. He gets behind the center. Green Bay was all over it, and they stopped him. And then we went forward on fourth and one and didn't get it. Now Green Bay's got 40 yards away, and they drive it for a touchdown, and boom. You know, and we, no one said, you know, we haven't been able to call, uh, crawl out of the crash yet. All that being said, Every offensive coordinator, and Danny, you know, you know, and I was reading about how, you know, he had a slow start when he was here in his prior tenure, that he was having a hard time getting things kind of cranked up, everybody on the same page, getting into rhythm, all that. Well, all these offensive coordinators, they're trying to impress their buddies. Who's the offensive coordinator at LSU or, or at Alabama or Florida or wherever, and they're going to try to think outside the box and go for you know fourth and one from the shotgun. Oh yeah, see look how cool we are. You know that's that's like somebody uh, you know paying their their neighbor to take the trash out. Just do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> get up there, line up in conventional, and yeah, you may get a blow to the head to your quarterback, but at the end of the day, you got to make that first down. And hey, when you start seeing teams doing it, and some some teams are ultra-talented that are capable of doing that and making that look, we're not, we're not, we're, we're struggling on the offensive line. And I saw some of the changes they're trying to make. Not, I, is that going to be the answer? We know that LSU has got the best pass rush in the SEC. My gosh, we need to kind of have a little come to Jesus and try to just, you know, we don't need to redesign the, the, the wheel. We just need to put it on the ground and roll. Yeah, you know what's tough, Dan, and, and um, again, this is, I think we've all sort of agreed, this is probably, the, it looks like right now this is the best team we're going to play the whole year. They look like the best team in the West, and so it's just hard to it, hard to go anywhere here. You know, they've had spring practice in two-a-days to find answers, and all of a sudden you're in week three, and you're looking around, what can we do? You know, you're talking about rolling out the pocket, you know, moving the pocket a little bit, and it just, boy, it's just, what's usually, you usually like doing this in two-a-days or spring practice or whatever, not the third week of the season so you know again we go back to it we've, we we you know beating a dead horse here you got you've got young guys playing that probably should not be playing they're good kids are going to be great players at some point but they're freshmen true freshmen and retro freshmen and even the seniors didn't play well last week and so now first of all you know it's, it's it's a rivalry game to a certain degree you know it may not be the LSU but we, you know we love to play hard against LSU so part of that's mental I think you're right I think there's an attitude you got to have and then sometimes talent will ultimately 
will win no matter what. But, you know, this game is usually a competitive game no matter what, Dan. And, and hopefully Arkansas can go down there. This is a tough environment for your first away game. You know, normally we play this in November. We've never played this game in September in the 100-year history of this series. Normally we get these guys after they play Alabama. Normally we get them or day, or the day before Thanksgiving or day after Thanksgiving, rather. And so they're all fresh and ready and just a tough environment for these young guys who've never gone on the road to, uh, to face for the first time. I agree. I agree. But, you know, real quick, back to offense. And, and you're, you're pointing out the fact that the hooker crook, and, and, and see, this is what's crazy. You know, Sam Pittman was the offensive line coach when Enos was here right. what, eight years ago, whatever it was. And now, obviously, as the head coach, you would think that that would be, if I was a, a head coach of an NFL, the defensive line would be like my, yeah, sure. You bet. And I would give special interest, and in, and if anything, that would be my calling card. I'd say, oh, I've got all these, uh, you know, great pass rushers and and all that. And, and, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen the offensive line come to fruition, be a staple or even a dominant part of this Razorback program. All that being said. You remember when, uh, you know, after the 911 attack, we all heard, oh, the uh, the terrorists only have to be right one time when we, we have to be right every time, you know, stopping them. And, well, right. it, on offense and defense, it's almost the same way. The offense needs to figure out how they can avoid mistakes, lost yardage plays, turnovers, all those. They, they need to minimize all that stuff. Yep. And, and unfortunately, it looks like the offense – has gotten so, I don't want to say scatterbrained, but we're not into a rhythm. And the best offense is, you know, you saw a little bit of that last night if you watched some of the Thursday night uh, football yeah. on, uh, the NFL. The, the, the 49ers, uh, they are so well coached yep, on offense. They are. They're like impressive. The hey, if you stop the counter trap, then they're going to come back with the boot out the back door. They're Whatever you do to stop them, they're going to go and, and, and uh, expose you in, in another area. And if you're stopping, uh, you know, the, 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 the slant over the middle, then they're going to start wearing you out on the deep post. And, 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 and we haven't developed that type of what I call a game plan. You know, anybody can call plays. There's a million plays. You know, uh, X slant, backside, uh, you know, quarterback, row, blah, blah. It's, it, it's a game plan, a systematic execution of a series of plays that exposes a defense. We have not seen that from Danny Enos. We've just seen kind of a grab back thing. And if you've ever, you ever needed it, this is where you need it, on the road against a superior opponent. And we know that LSU has you know, been one of those teams capable of beating anybody at any time. So, you know, let's hope that somehow, some way we can – minimize our exposure along the offensive line, throw the ball quicker, keep the quarterback from getting, you know, ransacked in the pocket, and hopefully, you know, getting the rocket back is going to help the offense a lot. Thanks to Metro Towing and Central uh, Termite and Pest Control for sponsoring Dan each week. All right, Roger. Roger writes down every time you give us your locks. So, uh, right. what are I, now? Listen, you know, Dan. They've got the Oakland Sports has got me and Roger doing picks uh, for their on their app, and so uh, I feel like we're trying to raise our game in the wagering area. So, give me give me your opinion. What what can we count on this weekend? 
All right. Let's see. What was that last week, Roger? I had Buffalo as my lock, correct? That's right. That's right. And you nailed it. Uh, you, you came very close to the score as well. You had Buffalo. Uh, you gave us a couple of them there. I, I'm, I'm old school, Dan. I had my piece of paper out, and I, and I did it. You had Buffalo. That was your lock. All right, this week, and this is this has been, you know, kind of a, a, a weird shakeout uh, third week of the NFL where I think we're going to see a, some strange scores. But my lock this week is the Tennessee Titans, and I'll tell you why. They're going into Cleveland. Cleveland just got through playing. You know, one of its, uh, its arch rivals in the Bengals, they're kind of on a downside. Deshaun Watson is not the same player. People in Cleveland are, are just on the verge of, you know, saying, hey, enough's enough. He's next to last in the NFL, throwing the football. He's 31st out of 32 quarterbacks. And their running back, Nick Chubb, is now gone with a, a, a knee injury. Uh, so I'm looking for the Tennessee Titans getting some points, going in to Cleveland and upsetting the Browns. All right, well, yeah. wonderful. I like the confidence. Well, Dan, let's hope maybe that when we talk next uh, next week that uh, Hogs will get down there and, and give their best performance of the year. That's what it's going to take. And uh, all you can do at this point is get better and better. I mean, that's all you can do, Dan. Work hard in practice, work hard in the weight room, uh, and try to progress as a team and, and, and individual player. Man, there's nothing else to do at this point. Hey, I like what you said. Each individual player has to take it upon himself to be better. We know that last week was unacceptable. They've got to realize that. But, but all that being said, you got to remember it's a long season. Yep. Somehow, some way, you find a way to win this one. Hey, things start to make sense, and everybody starts coming together. So I, I, I'm excited about it. Can't wait. We'll see you next week. Go Hogs. Go Hogs. Go Hogs.